This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It's time now to go beyond the headlines. And for the next two hours, go where every sports fan wants to go. Behind the scenes and into the practice facilities, locker rooms, coaches' offices, and press boxes to get the info before anyone else. This is the ESPN 1320 Insiders. All right, man. Let's get into it. I'm Kyle. That's James. We're sponsored by Jiffy Lube. We love the homies at Jiffy Lube. We have a little bit of an announcement coming up later on in the show. Just a small one. Oh. Small one. Not a huge deal. I don't want to, like, I, the, I'm not downplaying a big thing. It's just kind of a, a little, little, little announcement. Okay. Yeah. I'm here for it. I hope so. You know what it is. Well, <laughs> that's the best part of ga- about getting older, Kyle, is that you forget everything. You just <laughs> Everything the- is a new and exciting <laughs> thing for me, even though we talked about it okay. 45 minutes ago. Great. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no doubt. Uh, we'll have that coming up a little bit later on in the show. We will also have your Jiffy Lube Fast Break Player of the Game coming up a-, a little bit later on. We will give you the keyword for that for your chance to win a $100 Jiffy Lube gift certificate and your chance to enter to win a Sacramento Kings jersey. So the Kings beat the, the Grizzlies last night, one, 103-94. And it, I find myself in a, in a spot where I'm contradicting my own thoughts. <laughs> okay. Because yesterday we talked about the, the 49ers went over the Lions, right? And we talked about Brock Purdy and the analysis of Brock Purdy and the 49ers and and I said, you know, it feels like at the end of uh, at the end of everything, we forget that the point of the of the game is winning. Mm-hmm. Like the point of the sport is to win. The 49ers won their playoff game, and now they're playing for a Super Bowl. And if they win that, they will be the champions. Regardless of what you think about how this player plays in a vacuum or that player, just the point is to win. But then conversely, <laughs> I watched the Kings face whatever version of the Memphis Grizzlies that was last night. A G League version. That was not even a version. That was I don't just, even know what that was. I don't know what their G League affiliate is. The Hustle. The Hustle? Memphis Hustle. Of course it is. So, <laughs> just, it's like if Tony Allen was a basketball team. That's right. No, so, so, they played the Memphis Hustle Grizzlies last night, and the the Kings play really poorly for most of that game, and then they just had more NBA players on the court and pulled away in the in the final minutes and won it by nine. And I sit there and I go, I mean, I guess, yeah, you won, but to what end? Kyle, I kept thinking, is this the Detroit game where you just get off to a bad start? You give up 47 points in the first quarter, and then you just roll them up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I started at some point, I mean, we talked about this a little bit, you know, texting back and forth during the game last night. I didn't think that there was any moment where they were going to lose. But I was worried at one point. I'm like, well, this is starting to look more like the Charlotte game 
Mm. Not mm-hmm. not the Detroit Pistons game. The Charlotte game where they were you never felt like they were going to lose and then all of a sudden Terry Rozier like gets like he catches fire and just starts right. like hitting everything possible mm-hmm. and you're like, "Oh, are you kidding me? Really? You're going to lose to this team?" That's where I kind of got last night and then it's like, "Oh, wait, no. No, that's just not a good team." And I, I would say that Charlotte at least has professionals where, I mean, we can talk all day long about Jaron Jackson Jr., but uh, that that team is just a hot mess. And mm. they did get the ability to sign three more 10-day contracts today just to try to fill out their roster so they don't have to go <laughs> oh into so they don't have to go into every game with uh, with seven or eight players. Absolutely bizarre. What's Welcome happening. to the stage, Jaron Jackson in the 10 days. Yes, exactly. Oof. He's yeah. a fraud, by the way. I, I like Sandy Aldama, though. <clears throat> Sandy Aldama can play. Yeah, he. So can Gigi Jackson. Gigi Jackson can hoop. Yeah, he's going to be really good down he's, the road. He's the best player with the last name Jackson on that team. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Oh. I can't stand, <laughs> dude. I can't stand watching Jaron Jackson play basketball, dude. Uh, Gigi Jackson turned 19, like. A month ago. Jaron Jackson Jr., 22 points, three boards, two assists. And that's your guy? Look at his shooting percentage. Shot <laughs> six of 18 from the floor. And how many threes? Zero for four. 33% from the field. You're reigning, you're reigning defensive player of the year. You're starting center for Team USA basketball at the Feeble World Championships. Had as many rebounds as he had turnovers last night. And the guy he was playing against, what did he do? The guy he was playing against tied his franchise's Sacramento-era record with 26 rebounds. He did not have 26 turnovers. He, he, <laughs> he didn't did. have as many rebounds as turnovers. Uh, Sabonis also set, in regulation, that was the highest yes. rebound total in Correct. the history of the franchise. Chris Webber in 2001 had well, 26 in OT. The Sacramento era. It's right. not the history of the franchise. Right. The Sacramento era. Yeah. Demonis Sabonis had twice as many offensive rebounds as Jaron Jackson had total rebounds. Yeah, that's just wild. kicked his ass. And that's supposed to be a yeah. defensive player of the year, all NBA tech. Get out of my face with that. I know people are like, oh, should he make the all-star? No, he shouldn't make he the all-star. He had that one play. Team. He did have that one play. I'll get you know what? Credit where it's due. Talking about Jaron Jackson here. He did have the one play where he put the ball on the deck and did the like behind the back dribble into the little Euro step for a layup or a dunk. That was nice. Yeah. That was a really nice play. And in that moment, you go, oh, I see it. And then he just stinks the rest again. No, uh, d- this is not a Memphis Grizzlies show. So it was Demonis Sabonis last night. Yep. 20 points, 26 boards, 5 assists, just dominated, 10 of 11 from the field. Uh, down the stretch, he's getting the ball, he's getting in the lane, he's scoring. Offensive rebounds, putbacks. But I have a hard time walking away from, from last night's game and going... Hell yeah. Four-game win streak. The Kings are rolling. Because that didn't look like how the Kings have looked lately. And that's where I'm torn. It's like, okay, they had a bad night. They still pulled out a win. You'd rather that than lose that game. But at the same time, you and I talked about this yesterday. The chances that they were going to lose that game were very slim. Mm -hmm. But it's, can you come out and just punch a lesser team in the mouth and dominate a game start to finish? And they just didn't. And so that's 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 the the yin and the yang of where I'm where I'm at right now. No, I totally get it, and I think that there is a question about like how you do win games. But at the end of the season, when you look at the entire 
yeah. the, the totality of the season, and you see that they beat, you know, again, we're not, you beat the Memphis Grizzlies by nine. That's mm-hmm. all you're going to really worry about. It's it's even going to log into the category of teams that you held under 100. You know? Yeah, <laughs> it's sure. It's like, at the end of the day, that's all that matters. And I think what you can't do is you can't have a game like this against a, a much, much lesser team and then come back the next game and expect to play that same way and to come out with a win. And for me, it's... Like, this can't be the beginning of a trend. You got the Miami Heat, and what they don't need is a South Beach flu. Mm -hmm. They need to go in and take a team that's that's relatively good, but take them serious. I'm a little worried about the South Beach flu aspect of this. You get a day off in Miami? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I wasn't sure, but uh, according to to a social media post from G-Man last night, they got into Miami early this morning. Oh. And... You know he was out partying late. Of course. At least yeah. he was sitting at a, a very nice restaurant that makes very good food in the middle of the oh, night. Oh, just enjoying the heck out of it. Yeah. 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 Uh, so so that that's definitely a little bit of a concern, but go on. Yeah, I mean, what you have to do is you have to show up and be the team that you should be against Miami Heat. Yeah. And I don't like that you're playing to the level of your competition, but if you're going to play down to the level, play up to the level and play above the level of the Heat. And and stretch this thing out. I mean, you could get to to five a five game win streak, but also ten games over five hundred. That's mm-hmm. really a marker that everyone looks for. Yeah. This team is really not that bad, but it's these games where you want more out of them that you're not getting it. And I think from top to bottom, outside of outside of Sabonis, it was one of those games where you're just waiting for anyone, anyone else to step up. And it just never really happened for anybody. I, I think the the second best player in that game was probably probably Kevin Herter. And then Fox had some moments, but you know, eight of fourteen from the field. I, I'm not sure. Like he shot their he shot their only ten free throws. That's wild. De'Aaron Fox is the only player who drew a free throw last night. That's just completely wild. If here here was my here was my big overarching because like you said, if they go down and beat the heck out of Miami, and Miami struggled. I think they've lost like seven in a row. Something like that. They're okay. they're they are struggling, but if they go down and beat the heck out of Miami, let's just say they they go win by twenty. I just it, nobody's going. Yeah, but you know what? They only beat Memphis by nine. Like you said, totality of the season. But the big takeaway for me last night was if the Sacramento Kings and their level of talent entered every game with the mentality that the Memphis Grizzlies have entered games with this year, even with John Morant after John Morant went down with the injury. You'd have a team that would be a really, really hard out in the West. Yeah. But that they continue coming out in these games. And this has been a, we talked about it in November. And it was like, ah, it's still November. Talked about it in December. It's still December. Early January. Okay, well, let's wait to the, it's January 29th yesterday. It's now January 30th. And we are still talking about, gosh, you know, they just need to be able to turn it on and play with more force. And it's just like, ah. Mm-hmm. And that's what that's the that's where I'm having a hard time, I think, reconciling like nine games over is awesome. Chance to get to ten games over is awesome. Demonis Sabonis has been on an unbelievable tear. They didn't play a great game last night against a bad team. They still pulled out a win. You love all of that. But it's that it's that mindset. It's that that intangible like attitude going into a game where Memphis went in last night. 
They went 7 of 10 from 3 in the first quarter. They defended their asses off for 48 minutes. Yep. They just played super freaking hard. And that's what we've been asking for for the Kings all year on a just night-in, night-out basis. And I think last night they didn't have that. Memphis did, and I think that's why this is sticking out so much in my head as as a as a meaningful uh, performance. Yeah, I, I mean, I think at the end, Kyle, I, this keeps happening. That's the problem. Yes. Like, it's a trend. Right. Right, and the fact that they escaped with a win, all right, good for you. Mm-hmm. But the value of wins, I guess at some point, they need to matter more. Mm-hmm. Like, And this is one that you would chalk up to almost a bad win. Yeah, in the context of of the entire season. Yes. Because if they were kicking the heck out of bad teams and just not really having a pro, if this was, hey, off night here and there, good, they still got to win, hey, you take it. But this is, like you said, this is part of a larger trend that that I think is a, is a problem at this point. Yeah, and their talent is too good to lose in some of these games. Mm-hmm. Their, their talent level is too high. Yeah. They just can't lose. Because they have too much talent, mm-hmm. and then you get into these games, these other games where it's just like they don't show up at all. I, I don't know. No. Like a win is a win is a win, Kyle. It sure is. It but sure there, is. There's a little tiny asterisk next to some <laughs> of these where you're like, come on. No, in, in the in the scope of last night, it was a win. It is a good win. You get back to nine games over. That's great. A plus. You went into Memphis and you came out with a W. Forget the context. You got the W. That's great. That's right. But uh, in the larger context. I think there's a discussion to be had. Let's start diving into this game with six quick thoughts with James Ham. That's coming up next on The Insider, sponsored by Jiffy Lube here on ESPN 1320. You're listening to The Insiders with James Ham and Kyle Madsen, sponsored by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320 and 98.5 HD2, Sacramento's sports leader. Now, back to the Insiders with James Ham and Kyle Madsen. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. Yeah, no Zach Zach Levine trade yet. No. We're keeping a close eye on it, though. No. Keep it locked to ESPN 1320. (laughs) Where the moment Zach Levine is traded, whether to Sacramento or elsewhere, we will have it for you. We'll break it down from all angles. Mm. Yikes, man. No. I don't don't think that's going to happen. I was reading Anthony Slater in The Athletic today, talking about the Warriors' trade possibilities. Got a little dicey up in there, didn't it? Uh, and I mean, kinda. They're just they're they're in they're in a similar spot, not in a similar spot. Um, you know, with the Kings, we talk about like, well, you can't give up if you need a big piece, you need to give up major assets, and are not giving up Keegan Murray. So, what's the what realistic asset can they go get with the the Warriors? Are in a little bit the same spot, but like in a worse version of it. Yeah, because the Kings are looking to like ideally shore up their their playoff rotation. The Warriors need like starters, <laughs> and they don't they don't have the assets to go get that or the money to afford that. So they're kind of rock hard place. I can't and, believe like, that they're Steph not already looking to cut salary because I, I, we did the math right. Mm-hmm. I, I I went to Eric Pincus, the yeah. great uh, salary cap guy, Eric Pincus. They shave six million dollars off their cap. It yeah. equates to forty-four million dollars between tax and salary savings. For six million dollars. 
Are you kidding me? I imagine those there will be some kind of move of that nature coming down at some point. Yes. Uh, but it won't be significant enough to to make the Warriors a factor for Sacramento. And let's dive back into the Sacramento Kings win over the Memphis Grizzlies last night with James Ham's James Ham's six quick thoughts. How'd yesterday's Kings game go? <laughs> Kings insider James Ham has six notes you need to know. Yeah, he Here are James Ham's six quick thoughts. Kyle, I feel like we need to make these really quick. Demonis Sabonis posted a double-double before halftime, giving him 28 straight, one shy of the season franchise record. I have now been corrected here of 29 set by Oscar Robertson. Oscar Robertson's real record is 31, but it came over two seasons. There's two at the next season. Uh, so Sabonis now, someone has moved the goalposts. Uh, but wait, I'm sorry. Say say that one more time. Oscar Robertson single season record is 29 consecutive. Oh, d- uh, double doubles. Double doubles. Oh, okay. I thought the, you were talking about rebounds. No, no. The record. <laughs> I was very no, no. Confused. <laughs> the record is for for double doubles. Got it. it. Is different. Yes. So the record is 31. Uh, so he still has a ways to go. Well, three games to go for that. Uh, but yeah, uh, 26 boards were a career high. Also tied a franchise record, well, Sacramento era record with uh, Chris Weber, who did that in overtime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good game. Good player. Really good player. Number two. Number two. Sabonis so kept the, the Kings within reach. I, I felt like he was the only one that kind of was was playing like to a level. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fox waited until the fourth quarter to make his presence Felt uh, 23 points, 8 of 14 shooting, 4 assists. Better late than never, but realistically, that was a, it wasn't a super engaged performance by De'Aaron Fox. Yeah, he's been better of late. Looked more like MVP caliber Fox that we saw earlier in the year. And then just last night, I don't, he was, it, that's the thing is De'Aaron Fox is good enough that he can have a night where it's, it's not super impactful, but he still goes for what he finished with, 23 Five and four, like there's a lot of guys that would be a career night. So I mean, he's it's it's not that he's that he's playing poorly. He's just he set such a high standard earlier in the year. Yeah, and if the Kings are going to make any kind of noise in the playoffs, De'Aaron Fox has to be better than he's been the last three weeks. Yeah, that's the the long and short of it for me. He's had three or four games which are nice, mm-hmm. but there's been plenty of games like this where you're just like, okay, we're not super engaged here. What's going on? Yeah. Um, Number three. Imp- Impactful. Uh, Switch has been hit by Kevin Herter. Um, he's figuring out a way, man, to to impact the game without it just being scoring. He hit a couple of late shots to get to 17, but four rebounds, three assists, two steals, and a block. Mm-hmm. He's playing defense. He's engaged. He's fully trying to get better and help this team by doing the dirty work. So kudos to Kevin Herter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was a big reason that as he was struggling shooting, it continued to not be a major problem because like he was doing other things. And the fact that he was still rebounding, he was still passing, he was still uh, hustling on defense, it made you think the shot was going to come around. He wasn't entirely disengaged from the process of playing basketball. Yep. And and you see the shot starts falling, and now you're adding that to to the uh, – what's the word I'm looking for? Arsenal. Like the the additional impact that he's making, and yeah, and you have a a, a really really quality player. No, I th- I think so too. Yeah, number four, ice cold. Uh, Harrison Barnes coming off a monster three games. He went over seven from three to start the game. He, I, I think there's a good thing hiding here though. 
Go, he starts 0 for 7. He finishes 2 for 10, which means he kept shooting. And for Harrison Barnes to come out of a game with 5 of 15 from the field when he isn't, like, lights out, that's kind of a big deal. Four assists, re, three rebounds. I like the fact that Harrison Barnes didn't just go sit on the bench and get replaced because he wasn't hitting his shots. And, you know, mm-hmm. good for him to actually find a way to impact the game. Yeah. Uh, team high plus 15 for Harrison Barnes last night. And honestly, if you're going to get that kind of, I mean, three rebounds isn't, isn't awesome, but it's better than one or none. Mm-hmm. But you love the four assists. If getting him more shots means you're getting him more engaged elsewhere in the game, I, I think that ultimately makes the Kings better. And you're gonna you're gonna get a couple of bad shooting nights. Yeah, and I, I think that's just what happened last night. I think so too. And hey, look, your big man had 26 rebounds. Yep, he was on a on a tear. Yeah, yeah. Um, number five. Number five. Uh, need a recharge. Uh, Malik Monk is struggling. Uh, he came into the night averaging 8.8. 8.8 points per game over his last four Oof. games on 18% shooting from three. He had another quiet night, three points, five assists. And we've seen this from him before, one of four from the field. Um, we've seen this from from Malik before where he goes through a stretch where he loses his legs or something. But it's also a focus thing because the turnovers, you know, they were bad. Like it looked like he's just trying too hard to figure things mm-hmm. out. He might need like a mental break. So yeah, one of those stretches for Malik. Yeah, he it's um, <clears throat> it's so apparent when he's not playing. Like there's just the vibe is so much different, and the energy is so much different. So I don't, again, I don't know if it's a night off or it is it is just a a slump for him or he's was so good earlier in the year that this is just a regression to the mean. Mm-hmm. I don't. I'm not totally sure. But again as we start to look ahead to the playoffs entering entering February here, um, <clears throat> Malik Monk needs to be better. No, I, I totally agree. A, a very, very strange game for Malik. So, yeah. all right. Number six. Number six, uh, tall person. JaVale <laughs> McGee, you know what he looked like, Kyle? A tall person? No, when you go to like, um, like third grader rec league basketball, but there's one third grader who, for some reason hit the growth spurt way early and is like five foot seven and everyone else is like four foot two. Yeah. And he just stands above everybody and he keeps missing his shots, but the ball keeps coming right back to him and everyone's trying to jump up and foul him or do something and they can't do anything because Mm -hmm. he's a foot and a half taller. Sure. That's what JaVale McGee looked like. He just looked like he was way taller than everyone else that they put out there. And that's because again, they have no bench. They have no starters. The, The Memphis Grizzlies were a shell. I thought JaVale played well. Uh, he had eight points, four rebounds in 10 minutes. I also think Trey Lyles came in and, and had a nice performance as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you're going to get quality JaVale minutes, like that's that's such a huge win. And if he was bad last night, th- maybe they wind up losing. But they got, a, they, got a, they got a decent JaVale game when, I mean, they didn't get great outings from anybody else. Yeah. So, so you love, uh, you love to see that for our guy JaVale. That's big time. Yeah, I mean, it's never perfect, but it worked. I'm going to add a seventh quick Uh-oh. thought. 19 turnovers. Oh. And not even... Uh, okay, so the turnovers where it's Barnes driving and he tries a little pocket pass to Sabonis and Sabonis isn't quite ready for it and it slips through his hands and, and hits, the, hits the deck. Okay, fine. Uh, you know, that happens. But the careless cross-court passes that get intercepted 
and they're just throwing the ball out of bounds. 49 it, seconds into the game, Kevin Herter threw a ball out of bounds, and everyone looked like, what are you talking about? They re- He challenged a, ga- a call. Mike Brown did. Mike Brown, 49 seconds into a game and lost. Kevin Herter just threw the ball out of bounds. It, it doesn't. Oh. It, we talked about it before the game yesterday. It's like, hey, don't turn it over. Don't give this team life. Don't just go execute your offense. And they just did. And it's that carelessness. It's like, it's like the Kings are good. Okay. They're not good enough to throw the ball around like that and go beat a team by 20. No. Like they're just not, they're just not there. They don't, they don't, they don't have the talent to go into a game carelessly. No. And they haven't been good enough all year, consistently all year to go into a game like that. And that's that's where I would like to see them go beat the hell out of a bad team one time and just show like, yeah, hey, look, here's the energy, here's the focus, night in, night out. Like we saw it last year. That was the least of my concerns this year was the Kings taking nights off mentally. Yes, I, I fully agree. And that that they go into a game like that, they shoot it 11 of 38 from three. Ugh. But, you know, it's going to happen. Shots are going to miss. You can do other things to blow a team out when you're not hitting your threes, and turning it over 19 times is not is not one of them. That's just that's yeah. just carelessness and lack of focus. And shout out to the the broadcast, which I don't usually do. They actually went to commercial break, n- not only missed the determination on whether the call had been overturned, but also they hit they scored a basket as it comes back. And I'm like, what just happened? Like, did I just miss something? And then they had to go back and rewind and say, oh, this is what happened. They they didn't get the challenge. And here's a Grizzlies going up 6-2. to two. You're like, what is happening here? What 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 is happening? So, yeah, a weird moment. That's eight quick thoughts. Eight. <laughs> Fourteen quick thoughts. James Ham. Fifteen quick thoughts. Thanks, everybody. All right. Um, does the Kings' recent winning streak, you know, last night aside – are we still talking trade at the trade, dead, trade deadline or should the Kings be standing pat? We'll talk about that next. If you want to get in on that at the chatty house, it's youtube.com slash ESPN 1320, twitch.tv slash ESPN 1320, or you can give us a call 916-909-1320. That's 916-909-1320. Plenty of Kings coming up here on ESPN 1320, Sacramento Sports Leader. You're listening HD2, Sacramento Sports Leader. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on and podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Now, back to the Insiders with James Ham and Kyle Madsen. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. I'm Kyle, that's James. Thanks for hanging out with us, whether you're listening on the radio, on the free Odyssey app. Maybe you're watching on YouTube, Twitch, Twitter. We appreciate you wherever you are. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. We will have your Jiffy Lube Fast Break Player of the Game coming up in just a little bit. I want to talk trade deadline. We're less than two weeks out. February 8th is a trade deadline. Mm -hmm. Less than two weeks out. And I I want to talk about that in the context of where the Kings are now. Versus the last time we were really deep in the trade deadline discussions where it looked like, okay, Harrison Barnes and Kevin Herter are for sure out of here. It's just for who. I want to recalibrate that a little bit in light of of the last week or two weeks of games. But before we do that, uh, I want to let everybody know that starting tomorrow, Mm. right here on this very radio station, in the lead up to King's Heat and then in the lead up to... Uh, weekday Kings games is for now weekday Kings game. Uh, we're going to be doing a little bit of a uh, pregame show. It'll be the purple and black pregame show. It'll be me and James uh, looking ahead to that night's Kings matchup, taking you right up to tip off. Um, so that's going to be a fun thing that we'll be doing the half an hour before tip off of each Kings game, uh, you know, barring if it's a East coast start or something at four o'clock start and it's going to run up against D'Lo and Casey. We're not going to, preempt D'Lo and Casey for us but um, on most nights it'll be uh, me and James uh, here on ESPN 1320 with the purple and black pregame show there it is hell yeah and maybe it expands but for now we're just uh, it's just weekdays for now sounds good go sales team go sales team. <laughs> appreciate everybody so uh, that's what's that's what's going to be happening uh, here on ESPN 1320, as uh, we just kind of try and expand and bring you the best uh, Kings coverage here in Sacramento. And, of course, with uh, James Ham here, there's nobody who provides it better. So uh, we thought that it would be best to try and uh, provide more Kings coverage for all of you. More is better. More Kings. More Kings. More is better unless it's turnovers. That's true. Unless <laughs> those turnovers are like cherry turnovers. Oh, I lo- see. Mm. I can always change it to a positive, Kyle. With an apple turnover, an apple turnover, and, and even like the peach ones, like the. I'm not a big peach guy, but I'll rock with a peach like Danish. Yeah, but turnover. like you know the the like Pepperidge Farms one that you like buy and put in the oven, and mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. the peach ones are are so good that it, it like it's very surprising. Yeah, like a peach, like like I said, just a straight peach, peach flavored, uh, like yogurt. No thanks. No, no, no. I'm not in. But, Although I, but I have been doing the, like a peach cobbler, the peach jamba. I have been doing the peach jamba. Right, but that's got yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's got other flavors mixed in it. Mm-hmm. Nah, I mean on a peach turnover. Mm-hmm. Anyways, uh, Tom L in the chatty house brought up a a question, and I think it it leads us nicely into our discussion here about what the Kings do at the trade deadline now that because two weeks ago when we talked trade. 
it was, okay, it's a package of one of or both Kevin Herter and Harrison Barnes and Davion Mitchell, maybe some picks, and what can you go get with that? Mm -hmm. But over the last few days, for Harrison Barnes specifically, and over the last couple of weeks for for, for Kevin Herter, you're starting to see them contribute more and you're starting to see the Kings look more like last year's Kings. Last night wasn't great, but let's put that aside for a second. Mm-hmm. The previous three games, the previous three wins, they looked like, at least offensively, the Kings from last year. And I think it shifts the conversation a little bit because now it's not just a matter of, hey, how can you get better? Because now it's, okay, if you're getting this out of Harrison Barnes, and again, last night aside, he didn't shoot it great last night, but an engaged rebounds, assists, filling the stat sheet, Harrison Barnes. Mm -hmm. And you're getting a Kevin Herter who is going to be a 40-plus percent three-point shooter and who's going to average 14 to 17 a night, and he's going to pull down some rebounds, and he's going to play some good defense. At least solid defense. Right. Yeah. He's going to try on defense, which is like 60% of the thing. But the question now becomes, okay, how do the Kings... improve at those spots because when Kevin Herter wasn't shooting it and Harrison Barnes wasn't giving you anything it was easy to go literally anything will help literally anything will be better than this but now I think you have to be a little more calculated now that you get better versions of these players now it can't just be yeah throw them out the door for anybody and it makes me think that as we approach the trade deadline here maybe there's a Kessler Edwards type of move out there where it's a future second round pick or a couple of future seconds for a a wing type of player who may or may not contribute but I don't I don't know if there's this big splash move coming that's going to make them like significantly better than they are when Barnes and Herter are playing like they have the last couple of weeks I mean I I get that right I just think that this isn't about a one-year build it's not about one or two years of playoffs and I think that there is a danger to buying into what's happening right now mm-hmm. because you know again we talked about wins the win is all that matters in the end right but if you're winning and and your team still has these glaring weaknesses like you have to be honest about what your team is and and you have to keep resetting what the honesty level is right mm-hmm. so you know we talked about it maybe two weeks ago would you trade Harrison Barnes and Davion Mitchell for Moses Moody and Andrew Wiggins. I mean, maybe you would, but at the same time, I think that that deal in itself, you're like, okay, if this is the type of Harrison Barnes, then then I probably wouldn't do that deal. First of mm-hmm. all, the money, the money is hugely different, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, like Wiggins is is still is going to make a whole bunch of money over the next four years or three years where Barnes is on a a more calculated deal, like 17, mm-hmm. 18, 19 million. I'm okay with that, right? Especially if you're getting a, a young player like Moody that may or may not fit your system moving forward, all mm-hmm. that. But, like, I don't think that Wiggins makes you better. And because if Harrison Barnes can be this still, and you've found the, the, the way to turn the switch back on, like, now you just have to figure out how to keep the switch on. You don't mm-hmm. have to... You know, you can see that he can still be a very formidable player for you. Mm-hmm. You still need more, though. And so, do I change my ideas? Like when I'm looking in the trade machine, have I potentially pulled uh, Harrison Barnes and Kevin Herter out of potential trades and seen if I could still work the same trades with 
Trey Lyles, uh, you know, Chris Duarte and Davion Mitchell mm-hmm. that I could with the others because I, I think a lot of time we're talking cap filler for, mm-hmm. for most of these deals. Right. Like even though Harrison Barnes is under contract for another two years or, or same with uh, Kevin Herter, they're realistically in a larger deal. They might be looked at more as cap filler that just to meet salary, mm-hmm. right? Now I'm looking at different ways to get to that salary number to see if there is an alternative route to get there. And, and I think that you can, like certain deals that you can do in a different way. And so, yeah, I, I think maybe it does change the way you're thinking about this team and, and the players that are on it. But you still have to be aggressive with the idea that this is a, hopefully a window of playoff runs. It's mm-hmm. not a, we got to get back to the playoffs. It's no, no, we need to build so we can be this team that we want to be like five years from now. Yeah. So we're a contender next year or the year after. That's what you're looking for. No doubt. I just, that's, I guess that's where, that's where my my question comes in and why this is so difficult. Yeah. Because I, I'm I'm with you. This is not about, yeah, hey, go get, that's why Zach Levine doesn't make any sense. Maybe maybe Zach Levine makes you a little, and I don't want to dive into a Zach Levine conversation. Just, no, just of course. follow me. Um, maybe Zach Levine makes you a little better this year because it's another score and he can shoot it, and, and oh, man, watch out. But down the road, it, that handcuffs you big time. Oh, yeah, and, it crushes you. Over the next three or four years, you are not going to be as good as you probably could have been had you not made that move. Okay, great. But on the other hand, I don't look at this team, even with Kevin Herter and Harrison Barnes playing this well, I don't look at them and go, yeah, that's a title team. That's a team that's going to go hang with with the Denvers and the and the Bostons and and the the teams at the top of each conference. I'm I'm leaving out like OKC and Minnesota because I I, I got to see it with them first. Yeah, yeah. But and and Philly because Philly's got to make the conference finals and and the finals first. But I don't see the Kings hanging with those with those teams just yet. But this is what I brought up earlier, where it's a little bit of the rock and the hard place thing. They have a group where you're going, man, a, a, not a tiny change, but a, a small tweak to this rotation, a small tweak to the starting five at, or the or your top seven, maybe get you over the hump and, and maybe put you in that contender spot. But you can't make that move without dealing a player within that group already and how much better are you getting? And that's that's why I think at this at this deadline, I don't think that move is there. It might not be, but Kyle, we don't know all the moves that are out there. No, I, sure. And, and I think that that's like I, I know that's you know, mm-hmm. no no s Sherlock. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it, yeah, yeah, it is. But but the fact is, like, there could be something that really does make this team better, mm-hmm. and they're weighing the damage it will do short term to get to the long term. Yeah, and and that's it's a very difficult thing. Like swapping out again, like just the hypothetical. Swapping out Harrison Barnes and Davion Mitchell for and a first round pick for Jeremy Grant. Sure. That makes you better. Does it make you a contender? I don't know. It makes you much better. It, it, I mean, it does. It gives you something that you don't have right now, mm-hmm. which is that long athletic guy, right? Mm-hmm. But is it the thing that, that puts you way over the top and now you're investing in a 29 year old? What you're mm-hmm. basically doing is running it back, but with like one piece swapped out. 
Yeah, a little better version of what you're going to get at Harrison Barnes. Exactly. So if that deal, like, if it is there, then you start weighing the other things. Because, again, I think we can put Harrison Barnes, if this is who Harrison Barnes is, right, we can put him in a bucket that's that's a group of similar players. And you can all rank them how you want. But the fact is, they're all, like, like tier three power forward slash small forwards, right? So mm-hmm. the Kyle Kuzma's, the Jeremy Grant's, the Andrew Wiggins, like Harrison Barnes fits into that category. Exactly. Like, like whether you love him or not, he does. He this, fits into that this category. This version of Harrison Barnes that we've seen the last four games. Well, that and the version of Harrison Barnes that we've seen for the last five years in Sacramento. Sure. it's He's just a little bit older than all of these guys, mm-hmm. but he still fits into that same category. And now it's like, okay, how much better am I getting? You know, I, and why I, I sit here and I, I don't like the idea of, of trading a guy like like Trey Lyles. I think Trey Lyles should be in Sacramento. No doubt. For a while. But at $8 million bucks, and, and if I can stack him and a couple other players, and I can go get one of those other, let's say you can somehow get Jeremy Grant. Mm-hmm. Let's say that the, the money works with Davion and... and uh, Chris Duarte, and then you got to throw in one more minimum scale guy, and along with Trey Lyles, and you can go get Jeremy Grant without trading Harrison Barnes. Mm-hmm. Now I do two things. Number one, I get better in my starting lineup. Number two, Harrison Barnes is a better player than Trey Lyles. I get better in two positions at one time with one move, mm-hmm. and so those are the things I might be looking at. So I'm not playing on the peripheral. I like I don't think. I don't think you can go out there and find a player that's going to be maybe if like again like Caruso becomes available and you're able to go get Caruso and swap him in. But again, Caruso for me is very similar to a Matisse Thybul trade or the Mason Plumley trades that I was talking about last year. That's what it that's still like a you might say he's a little bit better than a peripheral, but he's got to be better than the guys you have on the court. Those are the type of moves that an already fringe title contender gets them over the top. I think the Kings are are shy they're not, of that. They're, they're, they're the one step below that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I think it's an interesting discussion because you have to balance so many things. Like, mm-hmm. what would taking Harrison Barnes out of your locker room mean? Yeah. You know, what would that, you know, for the rest of the guys, how much damage could you do in that situation? And I'm not making, or I mean, I'm not making a move because of that. Um, if there's a trade out there that requires Harrison Barnes is put in it, it is that's the reality of the business. Mm-hmm. It is there. It, he will be 32 in the coming months. Like there, this is the way the game works, mm-hmm. and what you have to do if you're a franchise, you have to maximize your talent while you have it, mm-hmm. and you need to bail on that talent when there becomes a point where you've gone to a different age, mm-hmm. like with the rest of the players. Yeah, like your core is a different age, and you know, can Harrison Barnes play out the entirety of his contract? Sure, but I would not bet on that at all. No, and, and you know, I, I just wouldn't, you know, in my time covering the team, there's been one player with uh, with a three year or longer contract to play out the entirety of the contract. We we I asked you this one one another time. You remember who it was? I don't. Costa Kufis. Oh, yeah, that's right. He's the only player Costa. to play out a a three year free agency deal or longer and actually that's, stick the whole time. That's so wild. One of the one of the things that when we talk trade deadline and we talk what do the Kings need or not need, I go back to last night's Memphis game. And Mm -hmm. I said earlier, 
that if the Kings approached every game the way this Memphis Grizzlies team approaches every game, where they, I hate, I hate, but let, let's just, they've got that dog in them. Mm-hmm. Like there is just like, dude, they're going to scrap. They're going to claw. And that's just kind of the Grizzlies ethos and has been for two decades. But that's when we talk line and you talk a player like Jeremy Grant. Jeremy Grant's got some dog in him. Yeah. Jeremy Grant is going to play hard offense and he is going to go get you a bucket if you need it on offense, but he can also knock it down from the court. And that's where when Jeremy Grant, like in a vacuum, you go, does he make you that much better? Like, eh, probably not. But if he brings that attitude to the team a little bit and makes it so you're not in Memphis aren't like, oh boy, they might lose this one, or makes it so you're not losing randomly to Charlotte or losing to a shorthanded Portland team or pick your favorite bad Kings loss of the year. If you're in a couple of those games around, that I think exceeds what brings just on the court from a talent perspective, if that makes sense. I hope I'm reading that correctly. No, I I think I can even articulate it in a different way that might Please make do. sense. When you look at Harrison Barnes, you think he's six foot, six foot seven, right? Mm-hmm. He's six eight. You think of Jeremy Grant, you think he's six nine, maybe six ten. Yeah. He's six seven. Yeah, it's a great point. That's well, a great point. One guy plays much bigger mm-hmm. than he is. And mm-hmm. like his Visually, you think, "Oh my gosh, he—he's." I much... legit thought he was six ten. No, he's six seven with <laughs> a seven foot three wingspan. That's wild, and I think that that's what you're talking about. Like, yes, there's definitely. just a player that you like. It's always about like the noisy points of Malik Monk versus the methodical points of Trey Lyles. You know, Trey Lyles can have sixteen points in a game, and you think, "Okay, Trey Lyles was a big reason they won this game." But you look up and you're like, "When did he get to sixteen? Yeah, and then Malik Monk's at twelve, and you're like, I remember every single one of those. <laughs> yeah, that guy was crazy. Yeah. It's like he had twelve points. The other guy had sixteen. The other guy was more impactful. Yeah. than your guy, mm-hmm. but it's the way that they do it, and I think that there is like this really interesting way that we view players, and and it, just by visually watching them. So like, look, there's there's a tall task here to improve this team and to make yeah. it make it much better and to figure out ways to to keep building and building and. You know, we talked about it during the break. The NBA, this is actually a big deal. The NBA just came out with their projections for NBA salary cap for next season, and it's at $141 million, which a lot of people thought it was projected at 142 uh, which is based off of, uh, like, a whole bunch of TV factors. rights deals, yeah, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. Uh, well, but also, like, basketball-related income, right? So mm. the TV rights deal is usually pretty square. It, it, it is what right. it is. We know what it is. Right. But like things like jersey sales or streaming or or ticket sales or like all that stuff, it goes into it, right? Mm-hmm. So the salary cap actually goes down to 141 from 142. But most people were projecting projecting the cap to potentially go up to 145 or even 147. Oof. And so there is like this big, like today it should be like, oh, no. Because not only does the the salary cap drop by a million, mm-hmm. but also the luxury tax doesn't go up. Right. And so that's a big deal as well. So if it's set at 172, where it could have been like 177 or 170, that's, that's a big whole, deal. That's a whole other player that yeah. you're fitting in. That's yeah. It's a really big deal. You know what just happened to the Warriors? They just, like, their next season got even uglier. Yeah. Like, their salary cap situation for next season, it got worse. Mm-hmm. And so... 
that it's a big deal, especially when you're looking at a free agent like Malik Monk. Mm-hmm. Like Malik Monk, teams around the league thought, well, maybe I have an extra three or four million on top of this figure. That's gone now. There, mm-hmm. there are now teams with less cap space than there were the day before. Dang. And so I think all of this plays into like a larger thing that when you are building a team, it just can't be I got to go out and and get every single high end player because we've seen what happened with the Warriors where eventually even the the like for the Kings the De'Aaron Foxes of the world all of a sudden go from a eight a seven million dollar player to a twenty seven million dollar player in one year and then next thing you know he's up to a thirty two or thirty five million dollar player then the next contract is going to kick in kick in and he's going to get up to like seventy million dollar player at some point right. right? There's all of these things that are projecting out. Well, that's what's happened to the Warriors. The reason why the Warriors is not because they were ridiculously silly in free agency. Mm-hmm. It's that they kept paying their own talent. to. And right. the, the Kings still have that. Mm-hmm. They still have a guy named Keegan Murray that's going to get paid. Mm-hmm. And then even, in a way, Malik Monk is their own talent. He's a guy that had not found success in other stops. Yeah. He finds success here, and now how do you pay that talent? Mm-hmm. And so, again, you can't whiteboard this thing out for February 8th, 2024. Mm -hmm. It's not the way it goes. You have to project everything. You have to see how all of these puzzle pieces fit in together. And I actually think it's why the Kings right now have been shopping for these guys that are locked up for three or four years. You know, the Kyle Kuzma's, the Jeremy Grant's, because they're with those trades comes an understanding of what the future is. Mm-hmm. You aren't just trading for this year. You're trading for, you're you're right. acquiring a contract as well, which is why Kevin Herter was such a valuable piece when you trade for him and he's starting a four-year 65. Like, you understand what your budget is now. And so I, I think the Kings are trying to figure out what their budget is moving forward, but they also, to have these pieces that are solidified, that are budgeted pieces, that's a big deal because, like, the one wild card going into this offseason, I said, you have no idea what someone's going to offer Malik Monk. Sure. But and the other guys are all locked into place. So would you... I, hmm, how do I put this? Um, okay. Uh, at, the, at the risk of this coming off the wrong way, and we'll figure it out then, um, would you say then the Kings' goal is not to win a title this year? No. I think that their goal, like if it works out that they win a title, sure. Yeah. But you have to make the moves to, you know, first of all, I think you had to give this team an opportunity to show you what they had in a second year, right? The the run it back idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 was, I was mostly on board with that. Okay. And then midway through the season, they didn't look like the run it back team. Like up to the first 41 games, they mm-hmm. did not look like the run it back team. They looked like a totally different version of the previous team. Game 41, uh, 42, 43, 44. This looks like the running back team, mm-hmm. but with a better Keegan Murray. That's what it looks like. And so you're you're starting to like try to wrap your brain around what it is that you have. Mm-hmm. And I think that's it's so incredibly difficult for for Mike Brown as a coach, but also Monty McNair. Yeah. Because you aren't just playing like like trade machine. Mm-hmm. You're swapping out individual players that matter that means something to a coach, that means something to other players. Every piece has its value in some way, Yeah. whether it's positive or negative. Mm-hmm. And then you got to figure out how do I replace these with pieces that will fit yeah. and and not have like the the Iman Shumpert effect. 
Yeah. Where your team goes from way up here to like completely crumbles when they lose a guy right. who who basically was barely playing, but it meant something to the the back end of mm-hmm. the team, the spirit of the team. Yeah. So I don't know, it, like your question whether they're playing for a championship. No, if they can make a deal that makes them a championship contender, right? Heck yeah, you make that deal. Sure, no question. But is that deal out there? And that's, and that's where we get back to the unknown, right? And that's so that that's, deal might be out there. We just haven't heard it yet. Yeah, and that's where. So every team is trying to thread the needle of, and you get your teams like Boston, where your core is dynamite and locked in, and you're going to contend for a title every year, right? But you're also trying to map out, okay, what is the future? How do you continue contending for titles down the road? Yeah. And the Kings are, are trying to ostensibly do that same thing. They're trying to contend now while also figure out how to, while also figuring out how to contend for titles down the road. And typically my thought process on this is if you can nuke your next 10 years for a championship today, mm-hmm. do it. I, I say that every time, but with the Kings specifically, I I don't know that that trade is out there because that earth-shattering deal means, like, Keegan Murray's out of here. Like, he would have to be a centerpiece of a deal like that, and I don't, I don't think that that deal is on the table that is also going to make the Kings a championship contender this year. Okay, so I'm going to flip it around before we go to break. If you were to nuke this season, but give your an op- give yourself an opportunity to win multiple championships down the road, would you do that? Because it's just the opposite of what you're thinking. And I, I think yes. Mm. If you had to give up this season today, and it required you to make a four for one swap that you knew that there was a good chance you weren't going to be able to recover from, but it gave you the centerpiece that you needed to go along with Fox. Sabonis, uh, Keegan Murray, then heck yeah, you do it. Hmm. Right? I mean, because that deal's out there. But I'll tell you what it would be after the break. We're going. You're listening to The Insiders with James Hamm and Kyle Madsen, sponsored by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320 and 98.5 HD2, Sacramento's sports leader. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.